Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday, and so is tomorrow, and every day from now until forever. You guys ever think about dying? When my heart breaks. Some things have been happening that might be related. When my world shakes. Cold shower. Ooh. Falling off my roof. Ah! And my heels are on the ground. <gasps> what do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. You can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. Closer I am to fine. Closer I am to fine. I'm coming with you. Okay. This is the real world. <laughs> What's going on? Why are these men looking at me? Yeah, they're also staring at me. Barbie in the real world. That's impossible. If this got out, this could mean extremely weird things for our world. This would be catastrophic! We haven't played with Barbie since we were like five years old. Oh. No one rests until this doll is back in a box. Even if nobody else sings along. Humans only have one ending. Get that for me! Ideas live forever. No, I won't let you do just one appendectomy. But I'm a man. But not a doctor. Can I talk to a doctor? You are talking to a doctor. I need a clicky pen? No. A sharp thing? No. There he is. Doctor! Somebody get security. Is Bobby if you still in doubt? Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Ture. And Eric Wong. So this week we are continuing our Barbenheimer extravaganza, this time covering Greta Gerwig's Barbie, following last week's episode on Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. We also have a very special guest this week, bringing a woman's perspective to a woman-directed movie about women, and she also happens to be my wife, Ashley Zhang. So, funny thing about Ashley is that she listens to our podcast every week, and she listens to every episode. No, I don't listen to every episode. (laughs) She doesn't even listen to every episode, (laughs) but I was going to say, she only listens to our show as a sleep aid. (laughs) sounds about right i only listen to episodes where i like i've seen it because if i haven't seen the movie i don't there's no point in me listening to it i'm not following what you guys are talking about the ones that i do listen to i do fall asleep to most of them (laughs) 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 but i think it's maybe because jeff's voice is soothing to me maybe that's my compliment (laughs) jeff your voice is very soothing better than a melatonin (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my wife has trouble sleeping sometimes i will just play jeff's voice now <laughs> <laughs> yeah have her listen to the pod 
Also, if we sound a little different tonight, it's because Ashley refuses to record in our tiny recording closet. She's like, we're doing this in bed or it's no dice here. at all. It's here. We had a full weekend with the kids. I'm tired. So you're saying you might fall asleep during this recording. <laughs> <laughs> it is a possibility. <laughs> you better not. <laughs> Keeping the trend. I like it. <laughs> so I think we're going to start off talking a little bit about an update to the Barbenheimer phenomenon. Talk a little bit about the box office, our experiences with both movies. I know, Amir, you haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. I think you're seeing that tomorrow, right? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anything more fucked in my life than our summer box office <laughs> wagers. Dude. <laughs> it's so bad. But that's what makes it fun, you know, that we can talk about how badly we've done. Did you guys see that review on our podcast? Oh, no. On Apple Podcasts? No. no. So someone left a review. You have to read it, it says, verbatim. Yeah. Patricia MK9. These boys messed up their summer box office predictions so bad and own up to it every episode. Respect. Five stars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so funny. You know what? Speaking on that, I did update the numbers a little bit before this based on the projected for this weekend. And I mean, Barbie has already reached the number one movie of the summer. There's no way it's going to be dethroned. I did not see it coming. I don't think any of us did. This actually reminds me a lot of like Wonder Woman a couple of years ago. No one really saw that one coming and that swept that Wait, summer. Wait, 2017? Yeah, I believe it was the highest grossing movie of that summer. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't think any one of us could have predicted that this Barbenheimer phenomenon would be so much bringing in people to see these movies. I think we all had like Barbie and Oppenheimer lower on our list. But I think Oppenheimer is the big surprise of this year, more than Barbie. Because I mean, Barbie's like... A movie based on a toy. It's an IP movie, you know? In the end, it still is an IP movie. But Oppenheimer is like a three-hour talky drama by Christopher Nolan yeah. without any of like the sci-fi or action aspects that he's usually known for. And that's done, what, over $300 million now? That's more surprising to me. Than I don't that. know. I just would have never guessed Barbie number one. It's even vying for like the number one movie of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Mario Brothers is still making more than it at the moment, but... At the moment. For it to have a chance to be the number one movie of the year, I would have never predicted that, right? Like, I would yeah. have never put money on that one. But yes, I think both are very surprising. I'm happy that both are doing well and are still doing well. Yeah, three weeks yeah. out. Couldn't be more pleased. But I don't know, Jeff. I feel like the idea that, oh, yeah, Barbie's an IP movie and, you know, that kind of account for success is a little bit of retrocasting, right? I don't think that going into this, you would have predicted this, right? No. I mean, clearly we didn't because <laughs> uh, yeah, all of us yeah, yeah. don't have Barbie as number one. <laughs> you did actually have it above Oppenheimer. And you have it higher than all of yes, us. Yes, so. I did. I did. I did have it higher. Yeah. What was yours at? I think I was at, at five seven. or six. Seven. seven. Oh, seven. You have okay. it at seven. That's still bad. <laughs> That's still bad. <laughs> Technically, we all got the same amount of points from it. And we are going to get the same amount of points from it. So, My Mission Impossible prediction ate shit. <laughs> it's like a cascade event, right? It's mostly because of Barbie and Oppenheimer that Mission Impossible didn't do well. It took all the screens from it, and then the momentum just shifted, just yeah. because those two movies were so much more popular. Yeah. It's not like Mission Impossible was a bad movie. It still did well. Well, it was good. I mean, it did okay. I would have expected much Yeah, better. it did okay. It kind of ate shit, sort of. I mean, can't say I'm too pleased <laughs> with it's that. It's definitely underperforming than I expected, to be honest, yeah. But very happy with the Barbenheimer phenomenon. Very... Pleased to see these movies do well. What yeah. did we miss with Barbie? Everyone missed it. Did anyone see this coming? 
Armand White? Did anyone see this? No. <laughs> Armand White. Part of it was the marketing. The marketing was yeah. huge for this movie. It was trickling months ago, but it got really, really, really big the couple weeks before the movie. Yeah. We were just in Seaport. They had like a pop-up cafe for the Barbie movie right next to the theater. They said there were no walk-ins. They were fully booked for every weekend. So they've definitely been doing so much marketing for this movie. Yeah, this marketing is like out Way of Way bigger than any other release this summer. Yeah, they did like an Airbnb for the Barbie mansion. You remember that? There's TikToks oh, cool. just dedicated to like how much marketing as like a joke of how much marketing there is for this movie. Barbie drinks, Barbie makeup kits, cafes. There's so many Barbie promotions right now on all aspects. We talked about it last week too, this idea that somehow this weird synergy between Barbie and Oppenheimer have like lifted both these movies up to this idea of going to the movie watching both of them supporting both of them I think it helped Oppenheimer more than it helped Barbie but I do think there is like this energy about these two movies that really helped to boost their box office yeah absolutely and Amir you were away you were in Japan and I think it's funny because the Japanese are super pissed about Barbie. You would think it would be about the other movie and not Barbie. About Oppenheimer? Uh, did you guys yeah. see this? To be fair, it's related to Oppenheimer because Warner Brothers promoted Barbie and Oppenheimer together in like a very, I don't know, cavalier and fun way when, you know, Oppenheimer's about the nuclear bombs we dropped on Japan. So a lot of the Japanese public are very pissed about the way that WB has marketed Barbie. So... It does make sense, but I just found that kind of funny. You would have thought that Oppenheimer would be the movie that provoked like an international incident, right? But wasn't it Barbie that caused a problem in, uh, not in Japan, in Vietnam, right? Yeah, with its map. Yeah. So Vietnam, I don't know if it's still banned, but apparently Vietnam has accused the filmmakers of depicting the Nine Dash Line, portraying China's claim to much of the South China Sea, which Vietnam and a bunch of other countries in the Southeast Asia oppose. Supposedly, one of the like world maps in the background of the Barbie movie depicts this controversial map. And so the uh, movie was banned in Vietnam. Yeah, it's just like this cartoonist drawing in the background. Yeah, I feel like you can't even really make it out. I'm like looking at it right now. It's like drawn in crayon. It's like a kid's drawing. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a kid's drawing, yeah. All right, well, I'm actually very curious because I believe... Both Ashley and Amir, you guys saw this pretty recently, right? Yeah, it's not so fresh for me and Derek anymore, right? Because we've seen it. What well, it kind of is because I rewatched it. Uh- <laughs> oh, you rewatched it? I haven't rewatched yeah. it. Yet, but contributing to that box office take. All right, yes, I am. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very curious about your guys's uh, both Amir and Ashley's theater going experience. Was it still pretty packed? Pretty full? I, I I'm curious. just saw it today. Still pretty packed. People really were pretty hyped. Everyone really seemed to be enjoying it. I think it's a crowd pleaser. This is a movie people really liked. The only thing I would say is a lot of people did bring kids, and it's not exactly a kids movie. I would just come out and say it's not a kids movie. Yeah, I don't think it's a kids movie. Yeah, yeah, movie. yeah. Like, kids will not get it or appreciate it. Maybe they'll, like, enjoy the dresses and the background and stuff, but they really won't understand it. There's, like, no shot. You need to be, like, yeah. probably at least, I don't know, a young teen or whatever to get what's going on in this yeah. movie. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I went Thursday night with my college friends, and we went to the IPIC where you can eat and drink. So I had a double shot drink <laughs> while I was watching nice. the movie. 
But yeah, I went with my friends and we were talking about it afterwards. We got drinks after the movie too to like, you know, discuss what we thought about it. But it was fun. And the theater was definitely packed. Girls in pink? Girls were in pink. Two of my friends wore pink, but everyone was taking like pictures outside. They had like the Barbie box. packaging box, the box. where you yeah. could stand yeah, in and cool. take pictures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had that one as well. Yeah. The lighting was terrible in it though, so we all deleted those pictures because they didn't actually look that good. But <laughs> we still did it and took the pictures and it was fun. But it was full, yeah. We had a hard time getting four seats next to each other. For a Thursday in New York, that's pretty busy. Yeah, that sounds pretty busy. What about you two guys? What was the theater going experience like, I guess, on opening weekend or whenever you guys went? It was great. As I mentioned last week, I went to go watch Barbie and Oppenheimer on the same day. And I went to watch Barbie very early. I actually caught like a 9 a.m. screening to watch it before Oppenheimer. So it was actually not as full as like I would want it to be. It was still had a good amount of people, but it's a 9 a.m. showing. It wasn't not a ton. Yeah, of I don't think anyone goes to the movies at 9 a.m. <laughs> exactly. Just Derek. Uh, <laughs> just Derek. But surprisingly, you know, when I went to go rewatch it again, I, I just rewatched it this past Friday. And that showing at like 8 o'clock at night was actually more full than my 9 o'clock AM on the opening weekend. I had a lot of fun watching it again with a bigger crowd. So I'm glad I got an experience with the larger crowd. Just to ask what the crowds were like in that, on that bigger night. It was fun. Like everyone was laughing at the jokes. And I mean, people were still wearing pink. You got a really good mix of like younger, older. It felt good to see it with, I think, a crowd that was excited to see this movie, whether it be the first time or again, like me. Pretty much same with me. Packed theater. Everyone was really hyped on it. It was one of like the first screenings, so no one had really seen the movie yet other than, you know, the big premiere in L.A. So everyone was really excited to take it in for the first time. And, you know, everyone was laughing at the jokes, great energy. Everyone was wearing pink, pretty much the start of the Barbenheimer phenomenon. And they had a great time. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about Greta Gerwig first? Also, the two big stars in this movie, Margot Robbie and uh, Ryan Gosling. Huge star power of this movie. This cast is stacked, Very too. much so. Kate yeah. McKinnon, Issa Rae, Harry Neff, Alexandra Shipp, Dua Lipa's in this. They all play Barbies. Simu Liu, Kingsley Benadir, Scott Evans, Shudi Gatwa. They play the Kens. And then you have, like, the humans played by America Ferreira, Ariana Greenblatt, Will Ferrell. Huge cast. You didn't mention the guy, Alan. Uh, Michael Sarah. Yeah, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can't forget about Alan. Or are you supposed to forget about Alan? <laughs> I mean, again, comparing this with Oppenheimer, I mean, like Oppenheimer had this huge stack cast too, right? Yeah, both these movies are just like a parade of a Leo pointing meme, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Screen and recognizing yes. people. The only person not in any of these movies, Leo. <laughs> Reminds me a little bit in the cast stackedness of Little Women. Yeah. I think to a lesser extent, I think it's like a smaller cast, but that's true too. Well, a lot yeah, of- Little Women's a smaller cast, but it's just like name after name, right? Cersei Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, Laura Dern, Timmy, Meryl Streep, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, Chris that's Cooper true. Shows okay. up. Yeah. Dude, it's a killer cast. Yeah. Yeah, that's a killer cast too. And then uh, Bob Odenkirk became a meme. He's like, my little women, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great movie, by the way. I love Little Women. It's a yes, good movie. Yeah. I do too. If we want to transition a little to Greta Gerwig, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Greta Gerwig. I've loved all of her movies so far. Like, I'm a big fan of, like, Francis Ha, Little Women. 
Ladybird. Before even coming into this movie, like I was very excited for this movie because of her ability to write, but also direct, but then also having a writing partner as well respected also as Noah Baumbach. I was very excited yeah. going into this movie with all the cast, the writing, and the directing. I mean, just to clarify, Gerwig didn't direct Frances Ha, right? That's a Noah Baumbach movie. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry. But she starred in it. Yes. But the true test of a Greta Gerwig fan is, have you seen the movie Nights and Weekends, her first directorial debut from 2008 no no No. that's the one i haven't seen (laughs) i haven't seen it either but i've never even heard of it it was part of like the mumblecore movement so she directed it with joe swanberg i don't know if you guys know who that is but uh he's in a bunch of like indie horror movies from that time period and he's also like a mumblecore director but anyway three that most people know of are little women lady bird and then now barbie I think those are the big three that people know Greta Gerwig from. And obviously, Derek, like you said, starred in Frances Ha. Directing why she's three for three, right? I think we probably all like all three of these movies, right? Everybody's enjoyed their Greta Gerwig experiences. We don't have to really save this for the end, but ranking Greta Gerwig, what do you guys think? That's tough. I think I'm going to go Lady Bird, Little Women Barbie, but that's tough. I agree with you. I could very easily switch. I feel like I could switch Little Women and Barbie, too, though, at, at any moment. I don't know. It's it's still sinking in a little bit. Ashley said she agrees with me already, so that's great. What about you two guys? <laughs> no, I agree with you, but I don't agree with they could be switched, I don't think. Okay, so you're pretty firmly Barbie in three? Yes, definitely. Ooh, interesting. Okay, so I want to hear that. What about you two boys? I'm Little Women, Lady Bird, Barbie. Ooh, really? You like Little Women better than Lady I like Bird? Little Women a lot. So my reason why I think that Little Women is second is because Little Women, you're working off of a book and it's already been done. So it's just her take on it, which is interesting and very well done. But at least Lady Bird is like more original. True. And so that's why I feel like that's a more interesting movie to watch. Not that I don't think Little Women's not interesting. I just think there's only so much you can do with Little Women. That's true. Seventh Little Woman film adaptation. That's insane. (laughs) But I want to say that it has probably become, at least in my eyes, the definitive Little Women movie out of the seven, probably. I don't know. I feel like you'd have to ask my mom or something. Because how many people have watched all the movies? Yeah, I definitely haven't seen them. I'll make a push for Lady Bird 2 and that it's... First of all, it's just shorter. It's only like 90 minutes or something like that. So Mm. I like a nice trim movie. I like the realism. I like how like raw and mean it is. It's kind of a nasty movie in a way. A little bit. I really liked Lady Bird. It's just like speaks to something real in a way that Little Woman, Little Woman is a little bit pat. Mm. It hangs a lampshade on it and it's self-knowing about it and that's the genre, but it doesn't hit you in the same place, I don't think. I mean, Saoirse Ronan's terrific in Lady Bird, but- Lori Metcalf is tremendous as the mom. Yeah. I think she mm-hmm. puts forth a great performance. All right, Derek, what about you? What do you rank? Oh, this is very hard. I probably would say, and I think someone's probably already said this, it's probably Lady Bird, Little Women, and then Barbie, but they're all very close. I really like all of her yeah. movies. I think we all put Barbie last, but... I think we all really like this movie, right? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, is that a good segue into maybe our initial thoughts about Barbie? Yeah. Okay. I guess I could start. I do love this movie. I think that maybe even out of all the movies they've written together, 
uh, and I'm talking about Greta Gerwig and Noel Baumbach. This might have the strongest in terms of like a female voice, but also a male voice. I do think mm. that a lot of the movies she's directed and or starred in and written with Noel Baumbach, you know, they are more female centric, which is not a bad thing. But what I did appreciate about this movie was this semi balance between Ken and Barbie, but definitely still leaning more towards the Barbie of it all. But yeah, I had a lot of fun. I thought it was a really funny movie. I love the meta commentary that goes along with this. I know not everyone Mm. has, but I did enjoy it quite a bit. I think the middle is a little... I don't know if rough is the right word, but I do think it has a stronger... For me, at least, it had a stronger start and then end to the movie. But yeah, overall, though, I still really love this movie. You make a great point with the movie being balanced between the female and male perspective of Barbie versus Ken, because... All the wrong people are so upset that this movie's so woke. But in the end, it's the most gender-balanced movie of her like entire filmography, right? Versus like Lady Bird and Little Women. This has more of like the male perspective, as you said. So I think it's very funny that people are mad about this movie. Anyways, Ashley, what did you think about the movie? I really can't decide. I mean, I liked it, and then there were definitely things I didn't like about it, and I feel like I would need to do a rewatch to really decide. When you're not two vodkas deep? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree with Derek. I think it started off really strong, and it ended really strong, but I said to Jeff that I do feel like parts of this movie were kind of rushed. A lot of the plot lines seemed like convenient to move the plot forward and didn't really always make sense i I don't know just felt like a little messy and rushed to me and i think that there were great parts great lines great writing great acting but i just wish there was a little bit more follow through Mm. some of the other parts coherence with its ideas yeah exactly i just wish there was a little bit more restraint in some of the story yeah we could dive deeper into that when we get into the spoiler section. What about you, Jeff? Why don't you talk about your experience? I had a great time with this movie. Very clever. It's very incisive, you know, talking about women and the place women have in society and talking about other things too, like consumerism, the place of the actual toy and its history. I think that's also some clever commentary going on with that. And the movie's very, very funny. And I think the performances are very strong. Margot Robbie, I think Ryan Gosling steals the show as Ken. He's phenomenal in this. It isn't perfect. I think it tries to straddle a line that it isn't always, you know, striking that balance that it wants to. I do think that it's probably the best version of this that you can get as a IP-driven, toy-based movie. Greta Gerwig's voice comes across very loudly and clearly and more than you would think. I was very, Mm -hmm. very surprised, pleasantly surprised at how much they let her get away with in this movie. Who, Mattel? Yeah, Mattel and Warner Brothers, allowing her to make the clever commentary and be a little, I don't know, a little sour on the company too. Like, they're not afraid to let her do that. Well, I'll give them credit for that. What about you, Amir? I don't agree with a lot of what you said overall. I thought it was very funny. It's certainly the best version of a toy-based movie I could imagine, right? Who could imagine a Barbie movie being this good? Like, it's really a pretty impressive feat. I think I agree with Ashley that there's some incoherence 
maybe, or that all the ideas didn't fully settle for me. I don't know if I walked out of that with like a super clear sense of exactly what the Barbie movie was saying. Like I get the broad strokes, but I'm not sure I fit it all into one narrative. Mm-hmm. And I do think that maybe the middle was a little bit weaker than the uh, very strong beginning and ending. Sort of agree with a little bits and pieces of what everybody said. But overall, I mean, really impressive to make a Barbie movie that's really good and that people obviously really want to see. Yeah. Is it a little unfair that the girls get Barbie and that the guys get the Transformers movies? Yeah, kind of. Been a little cheated, guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, Amir, I think you make a point. I think what it is, is they were trying to make so many points about womenhood and growing up and being feminine. And there's too many ideas in one movie. They touched on a lot of different points, which were all great and all valid and all important. But maybe that's why it felt messy. It was like, Mm. you're taking on too many things where you need to just maybe focus on a couple focus on a couple so you could tell like a really clear strong story yeah it does try to do a lot right like it just reaches in so many directions yeah and one of the things i really did like about this movie is that you know things that usually bother me kind of didn't this movie isn't exactly very subtle i think it's very funny because i think both oppenheimer and this are two of the most unsubtle movies of the year And people are still, like, misunderstanding both. But things that usually bother me, you know, like, very heavy-handed stuff. This movie clearly uses gender as a sledgehammer to make its points. But it's a Barbie movie. What else would you expect from that? So that didn't bother me at all in this movie. Things that I think really would have rubbed me the wrong way, like America Ferrera's big speech, which you definitely could have fucked up in, like, a million different ways. But I think that actually hit. People in my theater were crying. That was the best part of the movie. Do you like that part? Yeah. Yeah. I thought Mm -hmm. that was the best part of the movie. Yeah, just talking about like the contradictions of being a woman and not just boilerplate. It was very nuanced, which I really, really liked. I remember it was like not even Saturday of the opening weekend. I started seeing that speech all over social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So should we give a little synopsis? Of the movie before we get into like spoilers and more stuff that we liked and didn't like and all the bits that we found funny. So the movie starts in Barbie land with all the Barbies living their perfect lives. Margot Robbie, she plays, I think it's so funny that her name is just a stereotypical Barbie. <laughs> and she suddenly starts realizing imperfections in her body along with like this full blown existential crisis. And so she seeks out the counsel of Kate McKinnon's weird Barbie, who's like the Barbie that all the girls experiment on, you know, when they have the toy, you know, they like rip out the legs and like cut the hair and draw on their faces and stuff. So she's like the outcast weird Barbie. According to her counsel, she travels to the real world trying to figure out why these things are happening. Ken, played by Ryan Gosling, stows away in her... What car is that? I think it's a Corvette, right? I think that's a Corvette. Mm -hmm. So they make it to the real world, and Barbie finds that it's a far cry from the perfect feminist utopia of Barbie land, while Ken becomes more and more enamored with the idea of the patriarchy, since him and all the other Kens are pretty much cast aside in Barbie land. And they meet America Ferreira's character and her daughter, Sasha. And they also make it to the Mattel headquarters where Will Ferrell plays the CEO. It becomes this whole thing where Ken goes back to Barbie land and overthrows 
What would you call it? Well, see, I don't really understand. Maybe I missed something, but like Ken goes back and he's basically him and the other Kens are taking over Barbie land and all the Barbies are listening to them, but they're all like kind of brainwashed. They forget who they are. But like, how did that happen? They didn't really explain that, did they? It's the patriarchy. <laughs> it's a patriarchy. It's a patriarchy. It has patriarchy. The brainwashed the Barbies. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. There, there's literally no more explanation to it than that, Ashley. You <laughs> didn't miss anything. <laughs> the only thing they hang a lampshade on there is, oh, it was like the Native Americans not having any resistance to smallpox. Barbie land is such a <laughs> perfect kind of feminist utopia that's never experienced any patriarchy before, that it had no defense against the awfulness of the real world. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was really no more explanation than that. They definitely expect you to kind of roll with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Basically, that's the gist of the movie. And it's about, you know, the Barbies taking back control, but also finding out that, you know, the Kens have a point and finding this new balance for Barbie land while also in the end, Margot Robbie's Barbie goes back into the real world. The movie's very, very funny. I think there are a lot of hilarious bits in this. Pretty much all the humor lands for me. A lot of it landed for me. What about you guys? Yeah, I think that's one of the primary qualities of the movie is how funny it is. They get a lot of mileage out of the absurdity of Barbie land and where everything acts as if Barbie's a toy. So, you know, she doesn't actually drink liquids out of her cups. Yeah, it's really clever, really cute. Kids wouldn't fill Mm -hmm. up a fake cup with liquid or whatever. She doesn't leave her house to the door. She just kind of floats Floats out of the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. into her car because a kid would pick up the Barbie out of the house and put her right into the car, right? So, just like a lot of that Barbie land stuff is really, really good. Even like down to the way her feet are shaped. and All of that is really fun. Great visual gags, I think. Yeah, Yeah, all that stuff really, really works. Um, and then, you know, her oncoming existential crisis is also really, really funny. Yeah. And to kind of elaborate on the whole Barbie land of it all, like, I found it quite fascinating production design-wise, like, how a lot of those sets are, like, practical, right? Yeah. It's not like CG, you know? Even the moment where they travel from Barbie land to the real world, right? All of that is practical, right? It actually reminds me a lot of, oh, my God, what is that? R.E.S. Bo's Afraid. <laughs> Bo's Afraid, right? Yes. They had a very similar yeah. sequence. And I think they're both great. Like, I think, you know, uh, Ari Aster chose to do it in a very artsy style versus, like, there's something very tangible about how Greta Gerwig decided to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to just talking about Barbie land, just the scale of how she fits into the house. If you actually look, she's way taller than she should be. You know, like the ceilings yeah, are a little bit lower. Yeah, because that's how the dollhouses were, right? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that attention to detail is really great. And it looks great, too. Mm-hmm. Lots of color in this movie where I think a lot of big blockbuster movies are just kind of missing that right now. This movie just looks great. One thing about, like, the toy aspect of it all that I think Margot Robbie's friends pointed out is that you spent a whole movie... With you as Barbie and Ryan Gosling as Ken, but you guys don't even share a kiss. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. So, me and my friends were talking about this. They talk a lot about how they don't have body parts, right? They they mention it, like, a couple of Mm -hmm. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No genitals. (laughs) Okay. I think it would have been funny to, like, see that. They didn't show it. I actually think it would have been really funny to see that, like, smooth bodies. It would not be hard to do. Do you think that would push it to an R rating, though? Even though you don't see anything? I think that would have traumatized the kids that were in Amir showing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It would have been a great gag. It would have been Yeah, it would have been funny, yeah. I agree with you, actually. That would have been really funny. And the other thing is, you have a Barbie and a Ken. 1,000% you have made them kiss. 
like smash their faces together. Every girl has done that. And maybe some more. And maybe more. You know, like, of course, the kids are curious. They would always lift up Barbie's dress or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny. And it's like a funny thing that kids do. You know, I don't know. Our son talks about butts and peepees. And like, he thinks these (laughs) things are funny. And he does on his toys, too. And they like alluded to some of these things like, oh, you know, should I sleep over? What would we do? I don't know. There definitely could have been some really funny yeah, moments. Yeah, that was with cute, that. but this was like a missed opportunity. I, I think it was a missed opportunity yeah. for some really good comedy that would be like a shared experience for anyone who's had a toy, obviously, who's done stuff like that, I feel. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> uh, you know, talking about Ken a little bit more, I will admit that I think I was staring at Ryan Gosling's abs a little too much uh, during this movie. <laughs> Just because I could not tell if that was his real abs or they like drew it to look more doll-like because it was strangely like squared off. His abs. Oh, I didn't even notice. It's weird. I don't know. I Maybe I, like I said, I was staring a little too hard. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Derek, extra perceptive of Ryan Gosling's abs. I love Ryan Gosling's. <laughs> I also love Ryan Gosling. I think those were his real abs. I think they put a lot of tanner on him. He looked a little mm. orangey in the movie. Okay. And mm-hmm. I will also say, I think he looked a little old in the movie. Mm. Ooh. I mean, he is in his 40s, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh. feel like he would have looked more like a stereotypical Ken. like 10 years ago? Yeah, 10 years ago. <laughs> but he was looking a little old, especially compared to Marco Robbie. But yeah. I was like, I kind of wish maybe they got somebody a little bit younger. I don't know. Mm. Is this like his last youthful prime type of role that he can be in for something I like this? Know. Also, maybe they just didn't put an effort to like... CGI out some of his crow's feet or whatever. Because they're still doing that shit to Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible movies. He still got way more mileage on him. Mm-hmm. I just think they yeah. didn't actually bother to do that in this movie as much. But related, I think it's very funny that one of the funniest gags in this movie is, you know, Margot Robbie developing imperfections and then with Helen Mirren's voiceover. She's like, casting Margot Robbie is probably not the best way to convey this or whatever which is very, yeah, very yeah, funny. yeah yeah directly anticipating the uh margot robbie is mid discourse online <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh get the fuck out of here that's so stupid <laughs> margot robbie is mid people who've never touched a vagina in their lives saying margot <laughs> robbie is mid come on man i think it's like that moment you're hitting on like that was probably the funniest line in the movie for me and i think that hit my audiences both twice i went to watch this movie both times that line hit the hardest for everybody I also think that line is very much Greta Gerwig when you talk about her yeah, voice yeah, kind of yeah, coming yeah. through in this movie. Absolutely. Like, that's the comedy you kind of expect from her movies. And I thought that was, again, my favorite comedy bit of the movie. Yeah. Actually, my favorite comedy bit. And I think this probably landed the most in my screening, uh, which was, I think, mostly adults. And it was the line where Sasha calls Barbie a fascist. And yeah, yeah. she's like, but I don't control the railways or commerce, which I thought was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really funny. It was so yeah. funny. No, um, I thought the funniest line was the very end. Oh, yeah. That was also very good. That was no, the but funniest that, shit no, because in the world. it was just world. one line and then boom, end. Yeah. Yeah. And it went straight to that Nicki Minaj song. It was great. <laughs> I was howling with laughter at the end. I mean, we're just jumping around. It's fine. It doesn't really affect the story, so I think we can just go into yeah, what yeah. the final part of the movie is. 
So Barbie goes back into the real world and she's like dressed in this business suit and she's like pals with America Farah and her daughter now. And it makes her seem like, oh, she's ready to take on the world and like interview for a job. She's going into like this fancy building and getting a pass to, I don't know. It just seems like she's going to do something important. And in the end, she's like, oh, it's my gynecologist appointment. Yeah. It's like, who yeah, are you here to, to see? see my, my gynecologist. gynecologist. <laughs> I no, it absolutely of... sets up she's going to get some kind of job interview or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. You know I mean? yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. That's a thousand percent Greta Gerwig, too. Yeah. That one didn't hit for me. I think it confused me more than it made me laugh, actually, that last one. Mm. Really? Well, yeah. I Because the head fake, I was still in the mode of job oh, interview. I'm just like, yeah, wait, yeah, she's yeah. Dr. Barbie now? What's happening? I completely just missed it. And it's like, oh, okay, gynecology appointment. I guess being Pinocchio, and I guess now she has the requisite anatomy to need a gynecologist. <laughs> yeah, right. She's a real woman <laughs> right? now. Yeah, so yeah. it's funny, but definitely didn't get it on first one. I was honestly quite surprised. I didn't actually, and I, I think the trailers do a good job of not really giving away like what this movie is about or like where this movie heads to i was actually quite pleasant to find that the villain of the story really were the kens i thought it would be this more like them versus mattel like i thought it would be this commentary on capitalism and it kind of is but yeah it was was interesting that it was more barbies versus kens but in the end no one's really the villain per se and i quite Mm -hmm. enjoyed that yeah i wouldn't have predicted that either but then I think when they released the I'm Just Ken song, there's tinges of Ryan Gosling mm, yes. being like the antagonist in this movie a little bit. But killer song, though. I fucking love that song. I it's love a that yes. song, too. It's like stuck <laughs> yeah. in my head all the time. <laughs> Doesn't seem to matter what I do. I'm always number two. No one knows how hard I tried Oh, oh, I, I have feelings that I can't explain Driving me insane All my life been so polite Cause I'm just kidding Anywhere else I'd be dead Is it my destiny to live and die A life of blonde fragility I admittedly have been looking up to see if I can buy that I am Knuff, Ken Enough or Knuff shirt sweater that he wears at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, Because I need a Halloween costume idea for this year. Oh, everyone's going to be Barbie for Halloween. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a TikTok and I was like, can't we just all decide that this is Barbie Ween this year? Like, that's what everyone's saying. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, Ashley, you mentioned that Ryan Gosling's maybe a little too old for the role. I don't know if the age really bothered me, but yeah, I definitely felt it or I I knew his age, right? Like, I was like, oh, he's like in his 40s. Margot Robbie's maybe like in her 30s and they're really kind of stretching here. But I also forgive it because I think Ryan Gosling, his charisma... His comedic timing yeah. is what is needed for the Ken role, but also his ability to sing. I love the whole Matchbox 20 bit, you know, yeah. uh, the Ken song bit is so funny to me. Some of the other bits, the whole Ken splaining stuff is so yes. funny to that me. That was really funny. When <laughs> the Barbies get brainwashed, they're trying to snap them out of it. Stuff with like the Godfather and, you know, <laughs> yeah. Ryder Barbie when she snaps out. It was like, I just feel like I was in a dream 
where I was really invested in Zack Snyder's Justice yeah. League. I fucking died. Yeah, a lot so of film bro good. shots there, man. Yeah, yeah. Greta Gerwig drawing a line in the sand. <laughs> shots yeah, fired. So and people yeah, got man. mad. They got really mad about that. It was like, oh, come on. Just have a thicker skin. It's fine. Yeah, lighten up a little bit. Actually, the one line that got my theater riled up a little bit in the second viewing was the point where like Barbie was asking who's the CEO who's the CFO who's the COO because she wanted to meet the woman in charge yeah 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 yeah. and then you know to kind of they're all still realize men. that <laughs> they're all still men or like there is no woman in charge and then the one assistant chimes in saying like oh, I have no power. Does that mean I'm a woman? Kind of actually got a little bit of a gasp out of my audience. Some of them were like, oh, they were kind of disgusted by that line. I was like, wow, that was interesting. I mean, I thought it was funny. You know, like I could tell it was a joke, but I guess maybe some people were offended by that line. Mm. What I was going to say that, Jeff, I think you mentioned already that like, you know, Ryan Gosling is amazing in this. And I think he can arguably be the actor that maybe like stole this movie. But I honestly think some of the subtleties by Margot Robbie, I think, were also great. Yeah, she's really honestly, good in this. They were both great in this. And at the end of it, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them were nominated for, I'm guessing, her in like lead Actress. and then maybe him in supporting. Yeah. I don't know who else I could picture of as Barbie either because there was a lot of different actresses that were Amy Schumer. this, right? Yeah, Amy mm-hmm. Schumer. Who else? I can't imagine you know? what an Amy Schumer yeah. Barbie Anne Hathaway, I think, was almost Anne Hathaway, oh, yeah, God. exactly. I don't think it would have gotten the crowds if it was Anne Hathaway. I think Margot Robbie was the perfect, perfect casting yeah. choice. I saw Absolutely. some people online, like, complaining. And I don't know if this is folk complaining or internet trolling or, like, whatever. But people are like, oh, she doesn't look like the stereotypical Barbie because the stereotypical Barbie has, like, large breasts and is very top-heavy. And, like, I don't know. It's like the Margot Robbie has made people or whatever. And it's like, all right, maybe you can get someone who looked exactly like the Barbie from the box. But then you don't have Margot Robbie, the actress, playing your lead in your movie. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. You would also look like a plastic surgery victim. Like, I don't think it would look right. <laughs> <laughs> like, a real person with actual Barbie's proportions would look insane, I think. Yeah, it's, that would look like a cartoon. I don't yeah, think yeah, that yeah. would be right either. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you want this great actress to be your lead, I don't know, I think she was perfect. Yeah, she was great. And, like, the way she played... Barbie jumping back and forth between, I don't know, like a naive waif from this, like, I don't know, she's like Wonder Woman from fucking Paradise Island <laughs> going to man's world, right? Uh-huh. right she just right, knows right. nothing about the real world to like, also like a very intelligent and subtle, and I don't know, understanding person. She's like able to play both sides of that. So mm-hmm. I think she was great. There's like that tenderness and the fish out of water thing without her seeming like an idiot, right? Which I think is yeah. great. Like she has these tender moments. You know, the moment with the old woman on the bench where she just goes like, oh, you're beautiful, which I really liked, actually. I thought that was a very cute yeah. moment. Um, so that's actually Anne Roth, by the way. She's like a famous costume designer. She's like an oh. Oscar-winning costume designer. So she did costumes for The English Patient and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Those are the two she won Oscars for. So I thought that was like a nice little moment. Oh, so pretty recent, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty recent. I think that's one of my favorite moments in the movie, too. It's just that small moment where she runs into the lady on the bench. Because I think that for her, that becomes this really pivotal moment in the character, realizing like she's stereotypical Barbie, and she's like supposed mm-hmm. to be beautiful. She's supposed to be perfect. But then when she looks at this woman who's like 
you know, older than her, shorter than her, and still can recognize that she's beautiful. I think that becomes this like grounded moment where she can realize that she Mm -hmm. doesn't need to be this Barbie, right, to feel beautiful. Uh, I think that's planting the seeds for what eventually becomes of her character, then realizing like, hey, I don't want to be a Barbie anymore. And I actually want to grow old and I want to live this life, right? Yeah, it takes a little Pinocchio Mm -hmm. left turn at the end. I do want to mention, since you talked a little bit about like body image and beauty and stuff like that, I think they did a really great job of diversity in this movie and having Barbies that look all different ways. Barbies of different races. There's like a trans Barbie. There's like a Barbie in a wheelchair. Like they're clearly exploiting the fact that Barbie can be anyone to show that Barbie can be anyone. I I thought that was really Mm -hmm. great. I don't know. It's kind of obvious even from the marketing that that's what they were going to do, but I think it needed to be mentioned and touched on. They did a really good job of that. And they didn't make a huge point of it, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, I think it's good and I'm glad that they had that, but I also think it created a little bit of mixed messaging, right? Because she looks at the old woman and realizes, oh, she's beautiful too. But there was already inclusivity in Barbie world at the beginning. I wonder if it would have made a stronger point if they like kind of started off less inclusive and then became inclusive. Mm. There was just like, there was a trans Barbie at the beginning. There was a plus size Barbie and all of that. But she was like, oh, Barbie world is perfect and that's how mattel is right mattel's not inclusive like that it never has been it would have been stronger if that was part of the transition too but like it kind of already started off a little inclusive so i don't know i just felt like that was part of it that made it a little confusing for me yeah i think that's a good point because you know the movie makes a lot of statements about consumerism and mattel's role as this toy company And to, you know, have Harry Neff and Nicola Coughlin as Barbies in this and just not say anything about it seems a little weird because... You could have made a stronger point of why they're there. It feels a little revisionist because people like that aren't even Barbies now. You know what I mean? But they included them in the movie. From the beginning. From the beginning. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm. Like, Mattel's never had a plus size Barbie. They've never had a trans Barbie. But... To have these two there in the beginning seems like... They've always had it, A right? little revisionist, which isn't yeah, true. Yeah. Right. You know that's I mean? why mm-hmm. Jeff and I were saying like... Oh, that's a very good point. What if, you know, maybe it would have been better to still have those people as Barbies in the movie, but like, what if the beginning of the movie, everybody was almost like blah because everybody was so like Margot Robbie, carbon copy types, and then it changed Barbie world for the better to be more included. Like, I felt like that could have been like a stronger message. Maybe it would have been too on the nose maybe that's like a boring message so they didn't do it i don't know i felt like it would have said more than Mm. just like pretending that those characters that their inclusiveness is like just part of life and has been for barbie i think they wanted the improvement in barbie world to be i guess the inclusion of the kens yeah and barbie's realization that she wants to be a person right so they already had those two things going I think they didn't want to add a third in also, oh, yeah, by the way, Barbie World was not actually perfect. They wanted to play that part straight, I think. That's fair, too. Yeah. So, I mean, talking a little bit about, I guess, we're making the segue into things we didn't really like about the movie or things we had issues with. I think the most frustrating thing about the movie is that it has these two, like, parallel undercurrents, right? One is this smart, incisive commentary about feminism and you know, being a woman in modern society and consumerism. And 
things I really didn't expect Warner Brothers or Mattel to let Greta Gerwig get away with. You know, in the movie, Sasha comments on how Barbie has given generations of women body image issues. The movie loves to hang a lampshade on the corporate sales speak idea that like a girl's toy could be a catalyst for real gender equality, which is ridiculous. But like, on the other hand, the film is still a Mattel product. And it still is like essentially a giant cinematic toy commercial. And the more that it hung a lampshade on that, the more it kind of distracted me from like the good parts of the movie. You know what I mean? I think this is still probably the best case scenario for a movie like this. I don't think you can ever really balance those things, but I think that's like an inherent flaw in trying to do something like this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you were never going to get away with get away from making Mattel and the WB a lot of money, right? The more successful this became, it fed into this, well, you're now just giving them more money. Yeah, I've heard this criticism too, Jeff. You feel a little bad. You feel a little icky because part of the movie is making fun of Mattel. It is making fun of that capitalism and consumerism. But Mm -hmm. us flooding theaters to watch this movie is feeding into that, right? (laughs) And they're still selling toys of this movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think the worst example is they're making a weird Barbie toy, which already comes pre-fucked up with the hair and like, the drawn on, which totally defeats the purpose of Weird Barbie. <laughs> they like, should give you a Weird right. Barbie where it's like perfect, but they give you scissors. Yeah, and exactly. Sharpies. Come on. <laughs> yes, and a marker. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. They actually. missed the point on that one. Good point. They should do that. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been following the toys. Like I thought it'd be clever. But also, again, feeding into this whole like consumerist idea. Of, like, did they have a normal Barbie? Do they have like a cellulite? Barbie now you know what I mean like that was the whole point at the end of the movie people want to buy these not so perfect Barbies do they even have those or do they only really have the weird Barbie right I don't know how many people want to play with a cellulite (laughs) (laughs) that's what I'm saying we're going back to like the Oppenheimer thing of theory versus practice like who's actually gonna buy (laughs) fear of death Barbie or whatever you know what I mean yeah Anything else that you guys had issues with in this movie? I mean, I don't know if the stuff actually at Mattel completely works for me. Like the, I think it's the weakest part. Yeah. Her trying to for escape sure. and everything. Yeah, it didn't really work for me. I thought it felt a little stiff. America for her speech was great. But other than that, I thought she felt a little stiff. Mm. And that's what I was saying before. Like, it felt like some of the plot was just to move the pieces on the board, you know? She was like, oh, I made that drawing of death. Mm-hmm. Mm, very overexplained a little bit. Not even overexplained, just convenient okay, plot, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And for some reason for her in particular, it felt pretty stiff, for me at least. I don't think mm. she's a bad actress. I think it was just the writing and the plot of how they were trying to get this story to wrap up or go forward was a little awkward. Also, when did America for become old enough to be the mother of like a tween i like remember her as like ugly yeah. betty that was yeah, a while yeah. ago man so <laughs> ugly betty was like 15 years ago yeah, yeah man yeah it's wild i just didn't realize i was like wait what yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. she's almost 40 yeah i think she's yeah i kind of see what you're saying actually like i absolutely agree that i think some of those things with the mattel and even some of the character choices are a little forced I'll say that I think the characters of Sasha and the America Ferrer, like the mother, are a little forced. I think they are convenient plot device to then eventually transplant America Ferrer to do her speech, right? 
But yeah. in the end, though, I think the speech works. I even think the stuff with the mother-daughter works, right? The relationship, her daughter coming around and actually thinking her mom's cool and the dolls that she draws is cool and being part of the final scheme and everything. I think it all works. It just, I do agree with Ashley. It's, it's very clunky. Yeah, mm. like I don't even feel like I really even cared about the mother-daughter that yeah. much in the movie. I didn't have very much of a sense of their relationship before all of this. I didn't feel any emotional connection to them as characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they're just a little short of fully fleshed out characters. You don't really get that feeling from them by the end of the movie. They're a little underserved. They're set pieces almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up? Or anything else you guys liked or didn't like? Christian reverie body. That was really funny. There was one joke. I actually didn't even catch it the first time around, but I caught it the second time around where... The whole idea that Alan is supposed to be the only Alan, right? He says there's only one Alan. There's a bunch of copies of Ken, but there's only one Alan. But then there's mm -hmm. like a line about who do you think in sync is? They're a bunch of Alan. And like <laughs> I do is the implication that. is that a bunch of Alans escaped and then made in sync. Like they're all just Alans from Barbie Land that escaped or is it just more of a commentary that they're just like normal people that no one remembers? I, I wasn't quite sure <laughs> where the joke was going with that, but I thought that was very funny. Have you guys seen this theory about Sasha and her friends at junior high? Yes, about being Bratz dolls. Yes. <laughs> like, it's not confirmed. What? But, you know, one of the Bratz dolls, her name is Sasha. I think it's the lead one. The other dolls, there's three other dolls, Brat dolls. They all kind of look like the girls that are sitting with her. Don't they have the same names, too? Do they? I think that's, that's what I wild. saw. I thought the other girls also had the same names, but I don't know if that's real. Not confirmed. I saw that on a TikTok, like someone said that. But then, so I was very conscious on the second round to watch the credits, but they're not named. They're just called like junior high oh. girl one, two, and three. Oh, so like, okay, okay. I think that was like someone just misremembering or trying to like feed into this theory. But I mean, it's a fun theory, right? I mean, they're like the next generation of dolls. I, I thought it was pretty funny. I wouldn't put it past Gregory to do something like that. Yeah. yeah She's I clever enough to do something like that. Yes, I, I buy it. She is. Yeah, I like that one. I even like the joke about the other Barbies that were like discontinued. The ones where her breast grew when you like moved her arm and the sugar daddy <laughs> Ken. And yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. all those were really fun to throw lampshade on some of these. Maybe not so great idea for Barbies and Kens. Yeah. Yeah, but I think overall, we all enjoyed the movie. I think we all had a fun time. Maybe it wasn't Greta Gerwig's strongest movie, but I think at least for me, I don't hold some of the faults of this movie against it as much as maybe other people. And I still really, really like this movie enough that I wanted to go see it again before we recorded. So yeah, I mean, I really like this. Like I said, I think it's the best case scenario for corporate minded IP movie and how much Greta got to play in the little sandbox. Part of me wishes that I could see a Barbie movie Greta Gerwig got carte blanche with because I know that there are definitely things that Mattel and WB vetoed and, like, put the gabosh on. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the bus stop with the old woman, they didn't want to include that. Both Why? WB and Mattel were like, this adds nothing to the story. It stinks. Cut it. And Greta Gerwig was like, hell no, I'm not cutting that. Great choice, because mm -hmm. that's such a great scene. Yeah. Why would you want to cut that? I think corporate yeah. executives, when it comes to making movies, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're so stupid sometimes. That's why they're not yeah. the artists, right? Yeah, they, exactly. You, 
nothing to the artistic process. So yeah, like on that note, support to the writers and actors were striking. Absolutely. Yeah. We wouldn't have any of the media that we enjoy without the artists who produce it. So yeah, shout out to all of them. And like what you said is completely it. Like these corporate fuckwads who they're fighting with don't contribute anything to the art. They're just yeah, the money. Absolutely. Solidarity with the writers and the actors of the guild, for sure. Absolutely. We should do an episode on that. Yes, I think we so. We should. Yeah. As absolutely. a primer on people who aren't really following the writers and actors guild strikes. It's a big deal. I think a lot of people don't realize how big of a deal it is. So. It absolutely is. Yeah, and the studios are hyping this up as like, oh, we're saving so much money this year because we're not paying salaries or whatever. But we're lining our <laughs> own then, pockets. Like, <laughs> but then you're not making any money yeah. next year because you're not making anything. So you're not going to make any money no, next year. No, you guys year. have to do a podcast on it. But what these executives make at these studios is ridiculous. Ridiculous compared to what these writers are asking for. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, it's like some f- small fraction of a percent of what they're yeah. asking for could have funded all their demands. It's wild. It's like, yeah, we're saving so much money. I'm going to give myself an even bigger bonus this year. <laughs> yeah, and they won't even come to the table. That's the ridiculous thing. Well, they want people to like lose their houses and shit. It's obscene. Yeah, yeah it would be a good uh, episode to talk about, especially because if this thing keeps going, we're not going to have much to talk about in a couple months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but we've kind of said our piece about this movie. I think that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com and you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at strangeharbors. What about you guys? You can find me in Barbie land. What about you, Derek? Ashley, did you want to promote anything? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't need to promote anything. I'm just here for fun, guys. Damn, yeah, she's too she big for us. Big for us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to plug anything on your little show. <laughs> I will do some plugging for Ashley because Ashley is a very talented jewelry designer and definitely go check out her work. One of her pieces is sitting on my wife's ring finger right now, so <laughs> love that. But you could find me at the world's okayest photos on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our show is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether they be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of the other popular apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, leave us a great rating. Just like, I'm sorry, what was the person's name that left us a great rating? Jeff? Patricia. Patricia. Thank you for that. It really helps to get our voices out to more people. <laughs> yeah. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions on our episode on Greta Gerwig's Barbie, or Barbenheimer in general, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like getting listener mail and sometimes we read it out on the pod. So feel free to do that and we will see you guys next week. See you guys next week, everybody. I'm not going to be here next week.